Do you have acid reflux? Have you been on acid reflux medication for longer than you can remember, but still get acid reflux daily? If so, you may want to get your tongue checked. On today's episode, I'm interviewing tongue expert Carmen Woodland, known on Instagram as the tongue trainer, to talk about how the tongue affects acid reflux as well as your entire body. Carmen Woodland is a speaker, writer, and educator on orofacial myofunctional therapy. Orofacial myofunctional therapy is a secret but powerful therapy that is like PT for the mouth. With her advanced postgraduate training, Carmen helps her clients through breathing, nutrition, nervous system support, sleep promotion, and more. If you're tired of stubborn acid reflux and want to be off medication, then this episode is for you. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunked myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Awesome. Well, guys, I am so excited to have Carmen here onto the podcast. Carmen, thanks for being on the Better Belly podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here, Allison. So Carmen, I've already described to people in the intro here what you do or that you're an orofacial myofunctional therapist. But before we get into like, what is OMT and why am I having you on the podcast? Let me, let me actually answer that question. So Carmen, you shared a couple weeks ago on your Instagram profile, the story of a young girl you were working with who had, who, when she started working with you was on an adult dose of prescription heartburn medication and was taking what you wrote down is nearly half a bottle of antacids a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've met these people as adults. I've worked with clients like that, but immediately I thought, okay, why are you talking about this acid reflux OMT? This is pretty cool. You started therapy with her in July of the, of the year that the story happened in. And by dis- early December of that year, she had gone from having a 10 out of 10 intensity of, of acid reflux at least at one point every day to zero out of 10 acid reflux the whole day. And she was totally off her antacids. And then she totally came off her prescription medication as well. And her mom said she couldn't remember a time that her daughter wasn't on this. And 
I immediately, I, I'm familiar with OMT. We've had an OMT professional on my podcast before, but just thought I would love to have you on and talk. Can you tell us what does your mouth have to do with acid reflux? Well, it has everything to do with your digestion. Um, also, you know, many people who do myofunctional therapy uh, are also sleep apnea people. So those people also have GERD, they have acid reflux and stuff. But when I'm explaining to my clients um, how, I'll just say digestion, because it's more than just the acid reflux. Um, in that girl's case, her digestive issues were coming from rapid eating behaviors. She had a very significant tongue thrust, and she actually thought that the faster she ate, the better her food tasted. So you and I both know that doesn't work so well for digestion. Um, so a lot of my clients have these digestive issues. In Sarah's case, she had this acid reflux because she literally ate like a vacuum because she felt like that was the only way. Um, and, and it depends. I'm not sure how deep you want me to dive into it, but I always tell clients, you know, really our digestive issues in the myofunctional therapy world come from several things. A lot of my clients are stuck in fight or flight. So, you know, those mouth breathers are in fight or flight that um, leads to poor digestion because digestion starts where in the brain and in that parasympathetic mode that rest and digest. So many, many, many of my clients, they're mouth breathing, they have tongue ties, they're rolled forward. So it's a connective tissue problem. So they're compressing their, their, digest, um, their, their diaphragm. So they're not breathing correctly. Um, they're certainly not upright, so they're not swallowing well. Um, some clients simply just don't chew. You know, they have these mechanics, aerophagia, they're swallowing air, a lot like Sarah have this rapid eating behavior stuff. So it's so common. It's not also probably the hardest thing that I do to slow people down so that they can be more mindful. How is that for an answer? That's great. I mean, honestly, you, you, you opened up all, all the rabbit holes and that's what we get into in the better belly podcast is trying to figure out not just like these general truisms of like, Oh, chew your food. Cause actually what I would love to ask you next is I'm guessing this girl had heard before, like, Hey, you should chew your food, honey. Was that the case? And, and if so, what about, what about dysfunction with, with muscles around the mouth was leading her to, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into your own answer even, but, but what was going on where, where maybe even just something that made sense to her, like, oh, I should chew my food was very difficult. What was going on? I think the biggest thing that made sense to her was when she listened to somebody who wasn't mom, you know, cause mom was mom and then mom was also a nurse. And so uh, that made it harder for her because, you know, moms know everything and then nurses know more on top of that. So um, so in her case, she was very, very receptive. I think what happened is because she was sent to me from an airway orthodontist in the middle of her orthotropic treatment. So if anybody knows anything about orthotropics, we're wor really working on the bones of the face. So in this situation, her face was, I'll say it was distorted because the way that we bring the, that they bring the bones forward and stuff. So she was very, very compliant because at this phase of her ortho, she wanted to fix this 
tongue thrust, which a lot of people think that the tongue thrust is the problem. It's actually a symptom of a bigger problem. It's a symptom of an oral rest posture problem, whether that's a low postured tongue, whether that's an open mouth resting posture, whether that's mouth breathing. Uh, and so that really motivated her to listen to me. And because she wanted to correct that, she was going through all these, you know, at least a three-year journey with her orthotropics. She wanted that to, um, she wanted her smile to be beautiful in the end. And so this was a piece of it because the orthodontist, you know, obviously referred to me. So he was totally on board saying, you have to do this. You have to fix this so that once we get your teeth into a position that they're going to stay there. So the tongue thrust is not the problem. It was just a piece of a, a, of a bigger puzzle. So she was compliant because she wanted to finish that process. But honestly, I think once she started to have some help in the heartburn, I mean, I can't imagine heartburn like that. To that level. I mean, she had been medicated really since infancy, obviously not in an adult dose, but she, for, for as long as mom could ever remember, she had been on heartburn medication. Um, she had also been prepped up in the crib as a baby you know, for that acid reflux. So all the way back to that point, it was amazing that she did not have a tongue tie because those are symptoms that we see definitely in those tongue tied babies. Um, but mom just, it was just such a normal. So I think once, once she started to have that improvement with that acid reflux, then it was like, Hey, let's just keep going on with this and see how we do. Did, was it clear to to you when when this client of yours came in or even the provider who referred them the this orthodontist orthotropic practitioner um was it clear to them that the acid reflux had even a chance of improving was it on their radar at all or was it almost like just something else that happened to happen at the same time i it was on my radar because i of course tuned into the rapid eating behaviors um the orthodontist, I think it's, we're easy. I'll say scapegoat, you know, because it's like, Hey, they passed the buck. Carmen is going to fix this. You're going to see her next. She's the next piece of this puzzle. So I don't know if it was really on his radar. Um, and, and like I said, in that story that you saw, all mom wanted was for her daughter not to eat half a bottle of antacids a day. Mom could care. Mom, mom could have cared less about the the prescription med because her daughter had been taking it forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for a lot of our listeners, where they're coming from is they have chronic gut health, something going on, bloating, constipation, acid reflux, and they've done, done all the quote unquote healthy things. And especially our clients who are having really intense acid reflux, they're on a low acid diet, they're chewing their food a million times, they're trying to maybe eat smaller meals or eat more frequently or eat less frequently. They've kind of gotten advice in every single direction. And I've had some clients that who come into my office and I've ended up saying, hey, let's look into getting OMT for you. What I want to know is from your perspective, is is there anything that someone could think about if they know they have acid reflux, but maybe they've never thought about their mouth? Because your client who came to you, this young lady, she was already thinking about her mouth and happened to get this gut health thing. In the reverse, if someone was thinking about their gut health and I was wondering, is my mouth at all connected to this? What are some other things they could be thinking about or asking themselves um, that might help clarify if their mouth might be a part of their acid reflux or even just overall digestive problems? That's a great question. I think when I have 
client, what typically happens is somebody ends up in front of me, they, um, you know, when they fill out their paperwork, they report all these digestive issues. But the, the problem is, Allison, most people just think it's normal because they have suffered with it for years. And so that's one of the things. So it, I help them think about how all of this stuff is connected. Uh, maybe they're doing all of the other things, but if they're doing all of the other things and they have an incorrect tongue posture, they're not getting that vagal nerve stimulation in the roof of the mouth. So if the tongue is in the correct place in the roof of the mouth, that stimulates the vagus nerve. So the bump right behind the top front teeth is called the incisive papilla. So in my world, we just call that the speed bump or you know the spot. That when that stimulates the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve is pretty magical, regulates, you know, things like breathing, digestion, anxiety, depression, a lot of those things. So once I help them start thinking about that, like people don't just generally think that there's a connection or my lifelong constipation, you know, it is another gut issue. Uh, people just think of that as totally normal. So I said, just because you have suffered with it forever. Um, but I do get some of those people, like you're saying, you know, your audience, they've done all of the things. That's when we're digging deeper. So then that comes back to that root cause. I have, I've, I've caught in the triple digits, hundreds of cases of sleep apnea. People think it's just cute or it's just annoying, or it's just limited to a middle-aged fat man with a big neck. And it's not, it's not, it doesn't care. It's, it's little, it's big, it's young, it's old. Um, that was a, a rant. Did that answer your question? <laughs> I think that there's more to dig into. It gave me some ideas. So, so you have okay. someone who's got gut health problems, acid reflux, bloating, constipation. Um, and by the way, for me, typically when I see, I see all those connected primarily because if you're having acid reflux problems, you're not digesting well. And then that food's ending up in your small and large intestine. And then you're getting that extra bloating because the microbiome isn't getting food that's been digested well enough. It, then you get all this extra gas bloating and then same with constipation, everything just slows way down. I don't know if, is that how you would describe what, what you see the connection point of, of the mouth to the acid reflux to the bloating constipation? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and you may not, I'm sorry, you may not know this about me, but I went and got my NTP certification last year so that on the inside, you know, when I'm working with LMC clients on, on that stuff, so that I could educate them on the inside. So that's exactly what I would talk about. Like everything is just so sluggish. Ooh. You know, so that's beautiful when I'm able to tie those things together, but you were going to head down into a route. Yeah, yeah. So go for no, it. No, it's great. You know, this is good. We're, we're meeting in the mind. So we have acid reflux, bloating, constipation, and they're like, well, what else might be a part of it? So one of those things might be, well, do you also have sleep apnea, right? Mm -hmm. Could they, so if so it, that would be another indicator of maybe I should get my mouth looked into. Cause here's one thing that I find is like breaks the minds of my client in a, in a good way is when I say, there's a therapy out there that could actually improve your sleep apnea because I think most people just think, I guess my face is just built this way and and I'm and I just have to rely on a machine or maybe I hate the machine. It's like a love hate thing. I can breathe, but like it's super loud and annoying. And, or I tried this mouth guard to keep my airway open, but it sort of works, sort of doesn't work. Um, and you just, I've most people have never heard that you can actually change your facial structure. Um, but but that's what OMT does, correct? Um, so I wouldn't say that it changes the facial structure, especially in adults. So uh, a lot of people do think that, or they'll come to me and say, hey, I want to have some sort of expansion so I can have a better airway. 
but I don't want to go through the, the airway orthodontics. Is that going to help? Because the head is 90% developed by age 10 to 12 in a child, so girls tend to be a little bit ahead of boys, um, that's never the one thing that I let somebody think. You know, I have had clients who, who do it, but typically, you know, airway ortho is going to meet, need some help if somebody needs some more space. Um, but we're working more on the muscles and the rehabilitation. If I always say to clients, like, if you lift the box wrong with your back instead of your legs for so long, eventually you're going to hurt something else. And that's what happens. So I'm not changing their oral, oral facial structure. We're changing the function so that they can w operate correctly. And in return, then, then we make changes to the sleep apnea because myofunctional therapy is effective with mild to moderate sleep apnea. But I've had lots of severe cases too, who you know, they, they may not ever get off of their CPAP, but we're fixing all of those other things because just because you have a CPAP at night, what about your gaping mouth posture during the day? What about that mouth breathing during the day, which is so unhealthy because it's that fight or flight. It's that rapid eating. It's that poor digestion. It's that acid reflux, that constipation, that bloating, all of this stuff down the road. Awesome. So someone has digestive problems and they have sleep apnea, something that they could be considering is oral facial myofunctional therapy. Um, nothing, something else that you mentioned is this rolled forward, the shoulders that are rolled forward. And for, as a translation, what I hear in that is really tight neck and shoulders. Like you're always trying to get a massage. It always hurts. You're always telling yourself or being told my posture is bad. I think my posture is bad. Or, um, uh, I see a lot of clients. They'll say, um, I, I think I just need a better ergonomic desk. I sit at my desk a lot, or I, I need a better ergonomic car seat. I, I drive a lot and it's really, well, actually there's all this fascial tension that is kind of pinning your short, your, your, shoulders forward. And it's not a mental game. It's not like if I just think about it, it's enough. It's actually, you need the whole game changed and it might be starting in the mouth. Would you say that that is true? Like, so if someone has these GI problems, but also feels like they've got chronic shoulder and neck tension, that that could be something to look into OMT. Absolutely. Because one of the first things that I'm going to screen for is a tongue tie. And for anybody who doesn't know what a tongue tie is, it's tissue under the tongue. Um, we all have that lingual frenum, but some, for some people, it's too tight, too short. It's too posterior in the wrong spot, any combination of those. Okay. So what I explain to people is when it rolls them forward, it's like they're wearing a size small when they need a size large. So as soon as the tongue in that situation, if somebody has a tongue tie, the tongue is held in the floor of the mouth or gently floating it can't be in the roof of the mouth to, to support the airway where we want to support the craniofacial structure. So typically those people have low postured tongue. When the tongue drops, it affects the posture in the entire front of the body, which in, impacts the back of the body and it compresses. So they can't breathe right. They can't swallow right. We have to have good posture for the breathing system to work optimally for the swallowing system to work optimally. So there we are back to those digestive rapid eating behaviors because they can't do it. And also their pec muscles. So these muscles across the front, you know, I always explain your body wants you to be strong and a weak muscle that's short is stronger. And so if your body is saying, Hey, Allison likes to sit like this with her shoulders rolled forward, let's just make her strong and short, short muscle fibers there so that we can support her in that position, which is really hard to then get your shoulders back 
ears over the shoulders is what I'm constantly telling clients. Because the body has conformed to other other structures in the body. It's kind of like if you imagine, uh, I always tell my clients, if you imagine violin strings or guitar strings, you your body wants all those strings to be the same tightness and you, it doesn't want one overly loose or overly tight. So it's going to kind of compress or decompress so that all those, all those, you know, tightnesses are, there's no, no string that's overly tight or overly loose. So if you have this really tight string, so to say from the tongue, which is in, you know, the top of the body all through the chest, it's going to pull everything forward and down. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that could also then say, if you have GI problems and all that going on, maybe OMT is something that you'd want to be looking into. What, what, one thing you mentioned here is the tongue and the face, and you actually brushed by it real fast, but what real fast, what does the tongue have to do with the rest of your face and with anything going on there? Uh, oh, funny you ask. That's an excellent question. It's super important. So, um, going back to, you know, Hey, can we do myofunctional therapy to expand the, the, the palate? And I would say, well, that is why we need to be catching these tongue ties in babies. We need to be fixing kids for mouth breathing so that the face develops. The tongue is supposed to be the scaffolding of the face. So the two most important bones in the face are the maxilla, the upper jaw, the uh, mandible, which is the lower. So when these, so these are two of 22 bones in the head, when they develop correctly, so the bones of our face are supposed to be strong forward, the face is supposed to be forward and kind of of up and forward. Uh, So people who are mouth breathing have long facial structures like myself, you know, so I used to be the world's biggest mouth breather. So when you don't have that tongue in the roof of the mouth to help spread that maxilla, when we don't have a baby who can breastfeed, um, that breastfeeding helps spread that maxilla. So that helps the ceiling or the roof of the mouth be wider and more shallow so that it's not grow, you know, so we don't have this big speed bump in the bottom of the nose, which affects how the septum develops. So if you think of the septum like poster board and you're pushing on the bottom of it as the roof of the mouth grows up into the nose, it it buckles that poster board. So 99% of my clients have deviated septums or they've had to have them fixed or the sinuses. So so the face is is finite material and it's a puzzle. So all of these bones. So if things are not growing correctly, it's going to distort something else. Most commonly, we see it in jaw problems um, because the jaw joint is the most complex joint in the body. But we also see it then in how the mouth develops. Those teeth that are crowded and overlapped and out of alignment, that's because the stadium did not get big enough for all the chairs. So the tongue drives all of that stuff. So the tongue is nature's expander and the and lips are nature's braces. Yes. Yes. And that's a very, that's like a very <laughs> strong OMT phrasing. So that tongue, it's a strong muscle and it exerts, it's supposed to exist, exert consistent force on the roof of the mouth that as a head is growing and operating is going to change how the sinuses and, and the gums and, and the, the nose and nasal cavity, all that expand hopefully left and right. And if it's not happening, it just drops like a rock <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm thing kind of gets squished and narrow. Um, I often see people get a lot more. I'm curious if you see this or if that's something that you think about like more 
likely to get sinus infections or sinus problems, seasonal allergies, even just because uh, those sinus pathways can't get as much good airflow. And so it's cred just gets stuck in them and they feel like their sinuses are hate them. So something else to consider is if you also have acid reflux and all these things that that OMT could help with the functioning of all that um, mm -hmm. through through actually what OMT does, which I want to get into now um, because people OMT is short for orofacial myofunctional therapy in case someone's like, you keep saying that word, Allison, and I want to make sure I bring that back in because we're coming in through the back door of like, why are we talking about the mouth when we really care about the gut here at Better Belly on the Better Belly podcast? So what is actually OMT like? Like if someone's coming to you, I have my way that I like to describe it. I'm curious if you feel like this is accurate. I always say it's PT for the mouth. <laughs> but yeah. tell me if you agree and then maybe walk us through what what is an appointment like or what is when someone's doing treatment with you what are what are they actually doing can they visualize help them vis help us visualize yes that's exactly how i uh, explain it so when i'm standing in line at the post office and i've got all these kits going out around the world to clients and they're like where what do you do i always just say it's like physical therapy for mouth and face muscles but I never stop there because they're like, oh yeah, that's cute. No, you know, so I, I, I always go on to say, so I work with people who snore because snoring is chronic. I work with people who mouth breathe, who have sleep apnea, who have tongue ties, speech problems, um, digestive issues. So I just kind of go into all that because people have no idea that all of that stuff is connected. So that's essentially what it is. So we're taking that dysfunction, the, the oral function that does not work right, the muscles that don't work right. Um, most people who have this muscular impairment, they recruit, I always say they bring in the whole village. So rather than swallowing correctly, like they're supposed to, they bring in everything. Some people, you know, chicken neck their head forward or tip their head back, you know, do all of these different things. So we try and disassociate um, the different muscles so they can work independently going back to that box example, so they can lift that box correctly. Um, so what it, what it looks like, it, it really looks like it depends on the client. Most of my clients have very similar needs. Obviously, I'm the end of the desperation highway for a lot of people. They feel terrible. They don't sleep. Um, they they don't digest. They have no motivation. They have no energy. They're gaining weight, You know all of these things. And so when we do an exam, I always, you know, I'm looking at the oral assessment. I'm, I'm looking at their function, seeing how all the muscles work, but I'm looking at their symptoms and how it affects their life. And then we're just kind of unpacking what else they need. Many, many, many of my clients need nervous system support. Tons of my clients need breathing. Um, some of them just need an accountability human to walk them through those pieces of slowing down. You know, when I work on swallowing with somebody, it easily takes six or seven sessions to teach the pieces because we teach each, you know, we, we lay the foundation brick by brick. So a, a lot of clients will start, we work on strength coordination. We're work on, we are working on neuroplasticity. So how the brain and the muscles work. There's plenty of times where my clients are looking at me and they say, Carmen, I get what you're teaching me, but my tongue is like a two-year-old. It has a mind of its own. So and you're so, showing, you're showing them what you want their tongue to do, but they can't, they can't imitate you. They can't. And it's so funny. And I always say, this is not a self-esteem builder because we, I, I we, we are always laughing 
because they're trying and they just can't do it. Um, what's awesome about this therapy is the improvements that they start to see the improvements in just something as simple as getting the tongue in the right spot, how calming that can be. Uh, you know, when a kid sucks their thumb, they're stimulating that vagus nerve and that's calming. So when I get clients to get their tongue in the right spot, they're simmering. I always call it simmer down sister. We got to settle you down because we can never get to their digestive issues until we address all of that other stuff. So I never really even get to swallowing or digestive work with my clients until probably six sessions in, because they got to know how to use the muscles correctly. So that's, it's hard to say what a typical session looks like because everybody's going to be different, but I can say everybody always does the same work, you know, similar or same, like the, the foundations, the strength, the coordination, that kind of stuff. Because the only thing that really changes is whether somebody has a tongue tie or no tongue tie, because we have to have a procedure to release that tongue tie tissue. Other than that, everybody needs the same stuff, just different, different pieces at different times. Yeah, no, this, I mean, it's helpful. So basically, they're coming into an office or they're meeting with you on Zoom and you're, you, they have to see you and they, you're going to walk them through exercises or even evaluation things like move your tongue this way, move your jaw that way. Like they're doing all these stuff with their face and you're evaluating, can they do it? <laughs> like How well? Exactly. Maybe not at all. And then you're frustrating them because they're like, what do you mean I should be able to do that? They're still learning mm -hmm. new things that they can't do. It'd be like learning you can't like lift your big toe up or something and be like, what's going on? I thought I could do that. Um, yes. they're learning all these things they can't actually do with their, with their mouth. And, and we don't talk about that, right? We talk about our hands and can you handwrite? Do you have good handwriting? Can you, you know, do we have good hand dexterity? And there's occupational therapists, OTs for hands, but like the mouth just gets ignored because theoretically it just works all on its own correctly every time. Right. Never, 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 no, no. But I want to, I want to repeat back some stuff, other stuff I heard from you that I think is helpful as our clients, as my, my audience is listening and they're thinking, well, do I need this OMT thing? So other things you said is, um, because if, if their jaw and mouth isn't working well, their whole, you said the, all the other muscles, they bring in the whole village. So like the neck muscles, the shoulder muscles, the, the back of the head muscles, they're all starting to activate. Um, do you see migraines with this? Is this a other, th another symptom someone might get headaches and migraines? Absolutely. So tons and tons of my clients have migraines. The one thing that I really always want to stress with migraines is so many things trigger a migraine, hormones, smells, flashing yes. lights, yes. structure, um, so many different things. So I always tell people, you know, first of all, I, I, I won't work with somebody just based on one thing because we're working on four goals of therapy, the tongue posture, mouth posture, nasal breathing and swallow correct and normalize. So if somebody's coming to me and they're like, Hey Carmen, I'm great on everything, but I just want to solve this migraine thing. It could be a shot in the dark. However, many of my clients say my migraines are gone my migraines are gone. Um, so in those clients, I would say that their migraines were probably structurally induced. They're brought on by, you know, a structural issue. Um, I mean, I've had severe migraine cases and they say they're gone. It's so weird. I always just say, I'm like that domino. When people come to me, it, when I say I'm the end of the desperation highway, because they've been searching and searching and searching for why they just don't feel good, why they have no energy, why, why, why. 
Um, most of it does come back to sleep. I will tell you that because 80 to 90% of sleep disordered breathing is undiagnosed. Um, but when they're asking these questions, you know, it's like, well, we'll, we'll just get to the bottom of it and, and just try and figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Right. And I, I think it's, a, I think it's super appropriate that you are, neither of us are saying, if you have a migraine, you need to go see, like, we're not, we're not equating one-to-one things. You yeah. could totally have acid reflux and not need an OMT, but I am trying to open up that door of possibility. And if, and a lot of people are trying to, like, they don't have a, a provider they can trust or who can help refer out or, or evaluate them. Like, yeah, you need, so like, I'm just trying to get some, some handlebars for people as they're listening, but we're definitely not saying, um, like this is a for sure thing. It's like the magic pill. It'll fix everything. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And that's a good way to look at it because it it. I always say it if it's a side effect, if it, it will welcome it. If it's a positive side effect, but you know, going back to that structure, so many people in my world have a tongue tie, undiagnosed, uh, severe. I see some of the world's most severe tongue ties, and I'm always floored. Like, how has somebody along your path not said, "Holy cow, friend." that looks uncomfortable. Right. Well, actually, can you talk to us about that? Because, um, so I actually have my own story and this is, I think possibly how I even got like fully like sold on OMT is I had a client I'd been working with for maybe six months getting craniosacral therapy back when I only did craniosacral therapy with clients. And she was this yoga teacher, really posturally aware, um, very healthy eater, ate a, you know, fresh food from the farm, like all this stuff, like just chewed her food, all this stuff and had really horrible headaches, migraines and shoulder tension. And we improved some of it. She ended up going to a chiropractor and improved some, but she actually felt like there were things that he was like, like exercises he was asking her to do that. She just could not, she felt like she never got strong. She was just like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. I just feel like I can't do this exercise. Well, we ended up connecting her with an OMT who then diagnosed this massive tongue tie, like just ridiculous. And none of us, like none of us knew like, cause the chiropractors don't do tongue ties, craniosacral therapists, we can like see horrible ones. But like, for the most part, if it's that obvious, maybe the ones you're seeing, like theoretically, somebody else would be able to find it. But again, they're not right. She had a tongue tie release, OMT therapy. And suddenly it was like, she didn't need to see me anymore. The chiropractic care started doing its job. Her bones weren't just popping out of place, like ridiculousness and her migraines and shoulder and neck tension went away. And she actually felt like she could actually do yoga the way she imagined, like the way she told other people how to do it, of being able to bring her shoulders back and bring her head and neck back. Um, so that was my, my story. Why are, why are tongue ties being, I mean, and maybe, maybe you actually, I'm going to tell you, Carmen, you don't have to give me your two cents on why tongue ties are being underdiagnosed. And do you have any tips for if someone's listening to this and like, it's just, do I have a tongue tie? Is there anything you recommend? Maybe it's just a person to see. Is there a test they could do on themselves in the mirror? Anything would be great. So that two cents, I've got like 27 cents. <laughs> um, so tongue ties are, uh, are really underdiagnosed because they're not black and white. It's not, you, you don't um, diagnose a tongue tie based on appearance. Yes, some of the ones I'm seeing, I call them low hanging fruit. They're awful. Um, but there's a lot of people where they have 
uh, it, it affects more the bacteria, uh, the, the posterior part of the tongue. And a lot of people will always say, well, I ha I've been diagnosed with a posterior tongue tie. A tie is a tie is a tie. It's just really where it's affecting. So a lot of my digestive cases, they, that back of the tongue, they can't lift it. So they can't get it into the proper position. They can't swallow correctly. So that's the problem is there's just, it's just not black and white. Some countries like Brazil is really ahead of us. They have legislation when a baby is born, they, it is law. They have to screen for a tongue tie, wow. but then you kind of get into that. Well, who's going to police that if something's not black and white, this isn't a pregnancy test. This isn't a yes or a no, you have a tongue tie. It's about the function. So then you get into the, okay, so who's going to be the tongue tie police? You know, and, uh, and I have a lot of clients who they may not, you know, because a, a, a typical tongue tie, a lot of doctors will say, oh, well, I wasn't taught that it's a concern until they've lost 50% range of motion. They have a speech impediment. They can't lick an ice cream cone. Well, how closed minded is that? You know, and a lot of my ladies, because I work with them in wellness, it's not just about the mouth. It's not just about the tongue. They want optimum. So it's like, really, are we going to let a boxer get in the ring with 50% of his limbs usable? Or are we going to help him get to 80 or 90%? So sometimes that's the, the hard thing between me and OMT provider and somebody doing a release because you got to have the right person to do it too. But um, a lot of them get overlooked because the doctors just don't know, or they don't know the big symptoms. Like by the time I identify a tie, I've been with somebody for an hour and a half. So I've looked at all the pictures and the symptoms and the oral structures and the videos and all of that stuff. So that's why they're getting underdiagnosed is, is people just don't know, or doctors, they don't, you go to a dental office and this is why I left dentistry because I could no longer stand it. I could no longer stand the band-aid on the bullet wound of, oh, somebody's grinding, let's sell them a $800 grinding appliance. But what about that root cause? What are we doing? And that's the problem. That's why sleep apnea is not getting diagnosed because doctors are giving, selling those appliances and washing their hands of it and never coming back to, hey, is this helping? Is it getting better? You know, because night guards, 100% of the time or 50% of the time they make sleep apnea hundred percent worse. So who, who's checking for that? So that's my, my two cents on tongue ties. Um, also a lot of pediatricians um, are, they don't believe they're a concern. And that's also the problem is, well, if you can't lick a tongue or if you can't lick an ice cream cone, then yeah, it's a concern. Well, what about facial development? Because if the face develops correctly, then the airway develops correctly and airway trumps everything. And also we want our kids to be able to speak and, and all of those pieces. So, it's you know, breathing, just, breathing, trumps breathing. everything. Yeah. You know, like going to, uh, you know, having a kiddo who sleeps at night and doesn't um, stop breathing 30 times an hour. Like my oh. little girl that I have in Toronto, like that's 30 times an hour that her brain isn't getting oxygen. And we wonder that affects why mood with children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And probably adults. <laughs> so everybody, but I, um, I recently started working with my youngest, um, case. She's five and she's being medicated for anxiety and depression. Oh, and, but she's a mouth breather. She, you know, and that's the other thing, um, attention deficit disorder, you know, ADHD, 
though some countries, they will not let you medicate and treat a kiddo for that without a sleep study because sleep, sleep, yeah, sleep disordered breathing is often, oh, this kid's naughty. We're going to label him. We're going to give him a, a, you know, this, this black mark in the classroom and we're going to give him some pills and parents are, are happy to at least have an explanation, but it's not the right explanation on these kiddos. So that's why I get so fired up about the tongue tie. So that's why I said I had 27 cents because I could go on and on all, all day about tongue ties. And that's that's why I really wanted to have an OMT on here because I know I know enough to be dangerous. Like I know to refer to people. I know when to when to start getting suspicious something else is going on. But but the the depth of knowledge that an actual provider has is so much better. I want to highlight. I want to highlight some of the things you just said. Grinding teeth. So, so anybody who's like, I've got digestive problems and I grind my teeth or, um, any type of mood instability, uh, anxiety, I see anxiety the most personally, but I'm, I imagine lots of stuff there again, cause you're not getting oxygen consistently throughout the sleep, um, throughout sleeping. So your brain's not getting rested. So you're basically this sleep deprived person and how much good does that do for our mood? Um, to talk about fight and flight, right? Um, AD and also development of the brain, especially with children, um, ADD and ADHD, all of that. So even adults, you know, if they, if they have that going on, I see a lot of that focus, attention, memory really improve when they're sleeping better. And again, that could be OMT related. It could be getting inflammation out of the body so that things like the sinus pathways, which we're not really talking about today, but, but I know you care about, um, you know, the sinus pathways aren't so (laughs) like inflamed and just like stuck in, in all this systemic inflammation that comes with, with that. But, um, all that being said, just for listeners to really think about, this is a global way to think about your health of if anything that Carmen said today really struck a chord, you've never heard of OMT before. And that's okay. By the way, it's just, it's not touted. It's not talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly, I don't know if you have a good answer for that, Carmen, other than to me, I, always think, I think it might be a semi new thing and it's not adopted into like the insurance model yet, which means dentists don't really acknowledge it. Same with pediatricians. Is that kind of all, does that feel like why, if someone's like, well, I I haven't heard of this before. Is it real? You know, is it trustworthy? You know, would you have anything you would say in response to that? Yeah. Um, so it's been around for year for, for years and years and years and years. Um, insurance obviously is not a nonprofit agency, so they don't ever have our wellness, um, uh, you know, top of mind. Anyhow, um, it is changing. Um, I'm part of an organization called AAPMD. I can't remember what it stands for. Basically, it's doctors and dentists coming together to learn and educate and understand like a, about the airway. So we are constantly training and bringing in more doctors that are learning. So the paradigm is shifting um, through the so much work of these of these doctors, you know, who have started it saying, hey, you know, why, why are we treating somebody for diabetes and um, high blood pressure without screening them for sleep apnea, um, di- uh, diabetes, 40% of people with diabetes have sleep apnea. So why aren't we, you know, vice versa? If somebody's got one, why aren't we looking at, at the other? Um, so that's, that's really helpful. Um, also a not, a lot of these new doctors coming in are replacing some of those old antiquated thinking, not cutting edge, never do any, um, continuing ed. And then also like you talked about the chiropractor, 
They're also, you know, I just went to a conference uh, in September where for four days they paired us, myofunctional therapists, with physical therapists. And at first I thought, this is so weird that we're going to be on track with these guys. And by the end, I left an absolute believer because I did not understand that while I'm teaching swallowing and while I'm teaching all of my stuff, the swallowing can't be optimum if they've got other issues. So when I tell people like do cranial sacral therapy, but you know, cause, cause I always, I used to say body work while everybody would schedule a massage and I'd say, uh, no, we need somebody who's going to unravel you. Cause I'm going to help unravel the house. We're going to settle the house, but we need somebody who's going to support you through that. So physical therapy is huge. Chiropractors are now starting. So they're learning enough to be dangerous. And I always just tell them like, just don't scare people away, learn. And while you're learning, just get somebody, just refer, refer to me, let me answer questions so that you don't scare them away. But, you know, they say 17 years to, to change a paradigm. So we've got a lot of time, but I hope in that by the time I retire, I hope we're not fixed. I, I hope to not be fixing adults because let's fix them as kids. Yes. And amen. then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for your time. There, there were so many nuggets here. I can't wait to actually go back and re-listen to some of this. It was so great um, just to have you helping our listeners think more broadly about their health. Mm -hmm. And even like what you were saying, that optimum health, like maybe we have people who are just saying, I feel like I'm trying to get that optimal health. I'm doing that yoga. I'm doing stretching. I'm doing whatever. And I still don't feel the way I would hope to feel. Um, there, there is so much more out there than just like, well, you're not super broken. <laughs> so, um, Carmen, if someone wants to connect with you, if they want to work with you, if they want to check on any resources that you have, where can we find you? The best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm at the tongue trainer. Uh, also using the link in the bio, my website has tons and tons of information. It's such a mouthful, uh, myofunctional therapy, the number four, the letter u.com. So I always just say, Hey, go to Instagram, find me then use the link in the bio and you'll find all that stuff. There's tons of resources. Um, the getting started guide is probably the most popular because people listen to me on podcasts and they go, Oh, let, you know, so you can download that and, and go through the paperwork that I have you fill out because you can self-identify with all of those symptoms. And that's when you say, okay, it makes sense for me to make an exam. Some people jump right to an exam. You can do that right on the website. Um, all of my long, long form, my videos, all of that stuff are on the website. So Instagram is where I'm most active, but lots of resources on the website as well. Awesome. And for our listeners, we're going to have links in the show notes. She is on Instagram at the tongue trainer. I follow you on Instagram. It's a phenomenal resource, uh, your website. And we'll also have a link for that getting started guide because yeah, that sounds awesome. So Carmen, thank you so much for coming on to the Better Belly podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. Hey friend, I hope you enjoyed that episode and that it helped you think through what are some of the causes of your acid reflux that might be at the root cause that you have not investigated yet. If you are looking for more community and connection on your gut health journey, I want to invite you to my free Facebook group. Just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook and you can join a group of men and women who are just like you and learning about how to solve their gut health problems. Come in and join the group and get support and connection with me and others like you on your health journey. 
Also, if you're new to the podcast and haven't done so already, I want to invite you to hit subscribe to this podcast so you can catch every new episode that's coming up. Also, if you want an easy to navigate way to look through all of our old podcast episodes, I have a free resource just for you in our Facebook group. It is our podcast episode vault. Again, go to betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook or click the link in the show notes, join our group and find access to this phenomenal, easy to use resource just for you. And lastly, if this episode helped you in any way, or you've been listening for a while and have been blessed by this podcast, I want to invite you to just leave a rating and review for this podcast. Your words help me so much. They encourage me and guide me in what episodes to be making next, what content you're enjoying the most, and just to know that you're there. So if you've been listening or enjoyed today's episode, I want to invite you to go to betterbellytherapies.com slash apple, or click the link in the show notes, go to your Apple podcast, scroll to the bottom of our show and click leave a rating and review. It would mean so much to me. Otherwise, I hope you have a great week and I'll catch you next week.